Welcome to the Proclaim and Defend podcast, a ministry of the Foundations Baptist Fellowship International. We seek to encourage and inform pastors on modern-day topics from a biblical perspective. Our mission is to bring together like-minded Baptists to collaborate in glorifying God through fulfilling the Great Commission. This is Don Johnson uh, with the Proclaim and Defend podcast. We want to welcome today Alan and Nancy Cole. And uh, Sam is here as well. We're glad he's here with us. And we are. Uh, they wrote an article, Living with Adult Children in the Home. And so before we get into discussing the article or the topic, I just let uh, Al, if you'd introduce yourself to the audience, and we can just go from there. Well, I'm a Bible professor here at Faith Baptist Bible College, and I've taught for over 20 years. And uh, I've known... Uh, Don, since we were in high school, or college together, I should say. Yes. Yeah. And so um, we've had a ministry here uh, serving the Lord in uh, Ankeny, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Well, praise the Lord. And you've been here basically out of seminary, did you? I uh, graduated from Bob Jones, and then I went to Detroit Seminary, mm-hmm. and then I taught there in the um, Christian Day School for six years. Okay. And we went from there to Minneapolis, and then I've also taught at Pillsbury for three years before coming ah, to faith. Okay. okay, good, good. All right, and you've been a teacher too, Nancy, in uh, in high school or elementary? Um, I taught second grade. Second grade, okay. And I taught uh, for seven years in Michigan, and then when we went to Minneapolis, Alan went to Central Seminary, and okay. I ended up teaching in uh, second grade again it okay. was at the uh, Fourth Baptist Christian School. Okay. And then when we moved down to Owatonna, I got to teach a little bit in the um, Christian ed program right. for future teachers. Well, that's great. Okay. Well, really good. Uh, and so that kind of ministry, you're involved with young people all your life. It, it, and that uh, certainly uh, is it stands one in good stead when you're raising children, isn't it? And um, Okay, so what we're going to do uh, here, I've got a list of questions, which we don't have to go through all of them, but we'll just see how they do. We're looking for about a half an hour uh, here, 20 minutes 20 to a half an hour, to just talk about this topic of living with adult children in the home. So how did you come to write on this topic? Were you assigned, or did you, did you choose? <laughs> uh, we, we were assigned the topic, and kind of almost drafted into it. My thinking is we firmly, openly admit that we don't have all the answers mm-hmm. and that we are sinners saved by grace. And so you, you kind of feel like anytime you write on something like this, everyone thinks, oh, you're doing everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. You have all the answers and that that is not us. <laughs> and so we want just to make that clear. But um, we do have two adult sons. Our oldest one, Matthew, is uh, at work right now, and that's mm-hmm. why he's not here with us. Mm-hmm. So um, when we got this topic, we decided instead of it being my article, we would make it our article. All right. And so we tried to sit down and maybe brainstorm some ideas that mm-hmm. we would plug into the article, and then uh, we we discussed it and kind of uh, tried to all four of us edit it together. And that, that's kind of how it came about. Right. I know there's varying circumstances that, uh, you know, lead us all like our kids have different, they're doing different things. And, 
And sometimes uh, kids often find a job that takes them out of the home right away. And maybe they move to a different location and they have to set up their own uh, environment. And uh, that's another challenge all by itself. But uh, in our society, it seems that there's a, there are other reasons why young people uh, might choose to or want to or need to uh, stay in the home. Uh, so I, one of my questions here is, uh, would you say that some families put too much pressure on their young people to head out on their own uh, when there isn't a need to take the step just yet? Um, I have seen some situations like that. fact is, I've heard of parents having that, uh, not a mandate necessarily, but it kind of sounds like it, that mm-hmm. once they turn 18, they need to go. Right. They need to either go to college or they need to go get a job somewhere. Right. But I've seen consequences right. from that as well. And um, those consequences have been sad. Yeah, that's And right. so I've not wanted to live in that way. Right. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And it, I, I guess, uh, you know, there's like, there isn't a rush, right? You know, um, that's too true. Um, um, so, and one of the things that you mentioned in the article was uh, moving uh, from commander role in the home <laughs> to uh, counselor role, which, uh, you know, I mean, that obviously that's a, uh, when they're, they're really little, that's definitely total commander, right? <laughs> like <laughs> absolute domination. <laughs> and uh, until you get, you know, as they grow, they, you begin to, they start making more decisions for themselves. But, you know, once uh, your young people are, you know, um, 18, 19, 20, or however old they might be, uh, you may be old, even older than that, uh, how, how hard is it, do you think, to make that adjustment in your own experience, maybe, in your own mind? Um, when, when the children are really young, they need to learn to obey their parents because mom and dad have said so. Mm-hmm. And I used to tell our sons, you may need to obey me right away because it may save your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes out of an experience with my nephew one time and he was running to the street and not looking, there was a car mm-hmm. coming. So I, I yelled from a distance that he needed to stop and possibly saved his life mm-hmm. when they when your children get older they're in the junior high high school then you're trying to explain to them the why mm-hmm. behind your reasons mm-hmm. and then when they hit the adult stage you're trying to get them to think it through and and again it's more of a sitting alongside and advising mm-hmm. and where all those stages fit i don't think that there's a cut and dry line like once they you know, one day they're this old and the next day they turn 18 and suddenly it all changes. Yeah. I think that there's, everybody's a little bit different. And with parents, they're going to have to learn, as we did, I think, just to, to slide in and out of those roles. And mm-hmm. you, you do it through prayer and you do it maybe through observation and uh, other people making comments in the right sense, mm-hmm. friendly comments of maybe what they did. Mm-hmm. And all those things help you to, to work through some of these these transitions. And you're never going to do anything perfectly. Yeah. And you will have to go to your children at any stage and apologize for the things that you've done wrong. And, and we have. We, mm-hmm. We've told our sons 
before I did not handle this right. I'm sorry. I need you to forgive me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, I've told them we are really just fellow travelers yeah. through this life. And we were born ahead of you. God has put us in a position to lead you. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean we do everything perfectly. Right. Um, and we are traveling together now. Right. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I, I think one thing that can help too is I can remember my mother making comments of things that she had heard from her mother and her grandmother. And so I try to pass on comments that my parents have made to me to help our sons. Okay. And I try to uphold our parents, both sets and, um, Nancy, uh, Nancy's father and, you know, and, even, you know, with her, her mom, her faith, mm-hmm. and try to um, pass that on. Uh, I think of the one time when Nancy was thinking about going off to college, how am I going to pay for this? And her mom turned to her and said, by faith. Mm-hmm. There, there's there's an element there. Mm-hmm. So I, if I could put it this way, maybe lessons and sometimes pros and cons of mm-hmm. the past generation. Mm-hmm. So our sons will learn from generations uh, things that we have learned and we we can pass on. Yeah, some of the things I'm hearing you say there uh, reminds me of this idea: just talking, you know, talk, lots of talking, mm-hmm. talking things through. You know, like mm-hmm. at this, you know, uh, you know, you may when your kids are teens say, and you know, I want you home at this time. I want you, you know, you have a uh, even though they have a little more freedom, you have certain boundaries you're establishing. But now. Maybe it's not so wise for somebody to stay out till like 5 a.m. <laughs> but you, you're, you don't want to just jump on them and you want to talk about it, right? And, and, uh, talk through. Maybe there's reason and what, you know, how to think these things through, I guess, eh? So would you say that you spend, you do get a lot of, um, interaction, you know, just talking about life as a family? Oh, um, I'd say so, yes. There's a lot of times where, you know, I'll come home from a long day and I might be burdened with a trial or a tribulation and I can sit down with my parents and talk to them about that. There are days when they come home with a burden or a trial or tribulation and we discuss it as a family. There have been other times too where there's an issue, maybe not our core family, but our extended family where the four of us just need to sit down and have a family conference. Mm -hmm. So there is that aspect where we walk together through those things, pray together through those things, Mm -hmm. and they guide us, they advise us, and we get to encourage, come alongside them as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that, I think that's really important. You know, just looking back to my own growing up, you know, my dad was always, he would talk to me as, Many opportunities, just talking about life and and uh, observations. Now, one of the things that was mentioned in the article is that now that you your your sons are adults, they and they're in close proximity, they're becoming more friends than before, perhaps. Uh, and I know all about that sibling <laughs> rivalry thing in our home. We had, especially uh, two of our kids. And, uh, they know who they are if they listen to this. They know who they are. <laughs> but, but they, uh, they used to be sort of at each other. The rest of them were gone from the home at a certain point. And, uh, they, they, they only had each other. 
And so what you want to comment on that development? Yeah, so there are definitely days when my brother and I do disagree. <laughs> there are definitely moments when I share with him the truth and likewise he to me. <laughs> and we don't want to hear it in that moment. But we realize later the other loves the latter and he meant it for our, my good. Yeah. Yeah. There are times when there's one night I was working on a homework assignment and he walked by and he said to me, you need to do it this way. And I suddenly looked up at him and I was like, no, I'm doing it my way. <laughs> so he walked on frustrated, of course, but I came back to him later and I realized, you know, I told him, thank you for your advice. I was just in the middle of the assignment. Please understand I do value it. And there are other times when he'll come back to me and say, I do value what you say. But there have been times when we'll play board games or we'll have other people in the home and the two of us will team up. And my strengths are his weaknesses. His weaknesses are my strength. So when the two of us team up together, it's can be tough to beat the both of us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. And I think that's a great part of uh, growing up and, you know, becoming, you know, there is that dynamic when you're kids and maybe competing for attention and stuff. And, and that is a benefit, I guess, for you to have both of them out all this time, at this time. Uh, now let me just see where I was on the question list and we're doing okay time-wise. Um, um, so I, for both Nancy, for both and Al, both of you, uh, working with young adults has been your life work, really. So how much do you think that experience has prepared you for now relating to your sons as adults? I think it's helpful. Um, I was thinking about this last night. One of the blessings of having our two sons uh, with us in the home is uh, when our oldest son was in college, but um, and then now Sam, um, it, it helps. Be, uh, they would bring home uh, friends from school. And so uh, we've done an awful lot of hosting of the college students in our home. So we get to know them better and um as as they have grown, um, when our um, sons are getting older, I think it just helps us to maybe interact with them mm-hmm. in, a, in a better way. But it's added a lot to our ministry to the college students and uh, I think helped with um, thinking through or at least being able to interrelate with our <laughs> own sons. Right. Now, uh, in the, in the article, as I read through it, the uh, advice that you give, uh, you know, I think really, uh, like some people might say, well, this is my situation. I don't need, don't need to read this article. But the advice that you give in the article, I think, is really uh, like a formula for any successful home relationship, the kind of things we should be shooting for in, in trying to achieve a, a harmonious home that's trying to serve the Lord, right? And, uh, so could you give some key words or verses that we could apply to your philosophy of home life, maybe, that might uh, help us here? One word that comes to my mind is invest. Okay. Um, you know, people like to think about investing with their money, but your children are in a great investment. So I think it starts when they're young. You need to spend a lot of time reading to them. You know, Sam mentioned playing games. We played a lot of games right. uh, in their growing up years. In fact, is 
they were pretty competitive and we had to put away a game for um, a month or so until we could realize that we don't have to win every time. But um, there's just a lot of time you have to put in when they're little mm-hmm. and as they grow up and don't forget it. Yeah. They are so important to invest in them all the time. I think with me homeschooling, I was with them a mm-hmm. lot. Um, and I think that that's even helped with what I do now here mm-hmm. at Faith. I do academic assistance and I come alongside of students and help with tutoring. Um, I've had to work with my own son, so I have a lot of sympathy <laughs> for the young people who are sitting beside me. And right. um, it just all has worked together very well. Well, praise the Lord. Anything you want to add there, Alan? I, I would think um, just each attempting to live their life pleasing to the Lord. And if we're all trying to live pleasing to the Lord, then that sets a barometer to live and pleasing with each other. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we really work to do that. And, um, the, the Bible and what is honoring to God is kind of the, or is the final authority on how we're going to respond to issues in the home. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think we try to achieve. Yeah. Uh, we've been blessed both when our sons were younger and now as they're older that uh, they could serve with us mm-hmm. in various ways. Um, and there's been times when, when we, when they were younger, we would take them when we could with us when we went out, when I'd go out to preach. Um, now that they're older, they're more established in, in our local church, so they're not with us. Mm-hmm. But there have been times when uh, they have gone with us, and so that's been a, a blessing. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, now, one thing that wasn't mentioned in your article, but I know in many situations is a factor these days is the high cost of housing in many areas. Mm-hmm. I, when you came, uh, we arrived for the interview, I was just looking on Facebook. A realtor friend of mine back home had posted an article about somebody in our area complaining about the high cost of rental housing. Like, it is in, it, it is astronomical in my city, like $2,000 a month for uh, a one-bedroom, a one-bedroom suite. So it's just like... I don't know what they're going to do. They've really got our system messed up. But that is forcing families uh, together. And um, But the more people you have in a home, the more committed you have to be to Christian values, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so... And, uh, and sometimes you even see married... You know, like a young couple gets married, and then economy... You know, puts them into a, like maybe they're in an in-law suite, but now there's they're home but not home, and they're trying to have their own life. So I wonder if you could suggest advice for larger families in in that kind of situation. I, I think the more people you have in the home, the more you're going to have to decide you're going to have to um, be self-sacrificing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you all are going to have to think through not just what I want, but how's this going to affect everybody else? Mm-hmm. Um, so those, those are, it's a couple of things, a couple of issues that a person's going to have to get through and the, the talking through issues and then also the blessing that's involved with mm-hmm. it. That there is a blessing of gathering together around the table and mm-hmm. spending time together around the table and, at an evening meal and, and just when you're finished sitting there and talking and sharing. Mm-hmm. So there's a great joy and blessing even in, 
you know, in that as well. So that's another benefit to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think too, especially if you're getting into a larger group, you really need to take some time to talk through who's going to do what. Mm-hmm. Um, if there are areas where it's unclear, then that you're going to create frustrating situations. Right. But yeah. if you sat down and talked it through mm-hmm. and everybody's agreed, then it should run way better. Right. I think you have to give people, you know, they say, okay, you need some space, right? Mm-hmm. You have to realize, you know, it's togetherness is great, but not all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, uh, well, we're down to my last question. Um, let's see. So, uh, in, you, you briefly touched on family situations where there, there might be a problem. There's something has come up. Somebody's done something. Any one of them, any one of the four or five or however many you've got. So you briefly outlined steps, which basically, to my mind, sort of following the Matthew 18 process. Uh, first private conversations and bringing in others to help and so forth. Now, um, like some families, well, especially if there's unsaved members in the family, there's a special tension there. And I wonder if there's like, uh, uh, any suggestions you might have there as far as how to resolve difficulties in, in that kind of an arrangement? In the Epistle of Peter, he talks about a situation where you have a lady who's married and her husband's not. Right. And instead of always pounding the gospel down his throat, Peter encourages her to live the life in front of him. Right. So growing up in my home church, there was that situation, and this particular lady did exactly that. And eventually her husband called our associate pastor and said, I need to get saved. And he Hmm. went over and led him to Christ. So I think that that's going to be one of your first principles is to live the life in front of the other individual and let them see how the gospel changes and affects a person's life. Um, Assuming the other person knows um, they haven't accepted Christ, but they understand what you're saying about how to accept Christ. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that the person needs to constantly harp on the other individual, but Mm -hmm. instead really needs to live the life in front of them. Yeah, it might might require giving up some rights just to... Yes. Alan, you have an example of your uncle, who ended up living in your home, and he was not a Christian. Mm. My my unsaved uncle, um, because of hardships financially and health, eventually moved in with us. Mm-hmm. And I, in certain ways, I was going to bear the brunt of it because my parents were retired, so they were living uh, out of state. And so I was living in the home, going through seminary and also teaching, or at teaching uh after seminary in our Christian school. Mm-hmm. So here I have an agnostic, um, unsaved uncle living in the home, and, and it was he and I. Mm. And so I tried to um, ha- have a good testimony. Uh, we did, at different times, talk mm-hmm. issues, uh, both politically and issues of the day, but also scripturally. And mm-hmm. I can remember one time being in a restaurant, <laughs> and I kind of firmly got back and forth on the whole issue of creationism evolution. Mm-hmm. But eventually, uh, we through all that, we got close. Mm-hmm. 
And eventually, um, we moved to Minneapolis. We got married, and then we moved to Minneapolis. But um, one morning, over the phone, I led him to Christ. Yeah, my yeah. my brother witnessed to him on a Saturday, and my brother-in-law on a Sunday, or vice versa. I can't remember which. But on a Monday morning, I led him to Christ over the phone, and three weeks later, he stepped into eternity. Wow. So I, I tried to live a life in front of him and I realized that or I I understood I cannot address every one of his sin issues right directly right but fortunately the Lord was gracious and he came to Christ well praise the Lord that's a great story and that's really sums up what we're talking about here is we're living the Christian life we're loving as Jesus loved we're standing for the truth if we have to wisely carefully, you know, and uh, respecting each other as individuals, right? That's how we, we should be carrying out our life. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. This is, is really good, and I think that enhances the article you've written. So I want to thank uh, Al and Nancy Cole and Sam for their willingness to sit down and talk about their article. I really appreciate the ministry, their ministry here at Faith Baptist Bible College and Seminary. And it's particularly great to connect with you, Al, again, after all these years. We, you know, back in, uh, we were, we knew everything back when we were in school and we <laughs> yep. have, uh, we have lost some of that knowledge since. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, and then also I'd like to encourage our listeners to pay for a subscription to the Proclaim and Defend Substack so you can read this full article, uh, right away. Uh, if you purchase a yearly subscription, we'll send you the print version of Frontline as well, so you will get to see many more great articles like this one. This is Don Johnson signing off with Alan and Nancy Cole and Sam uh, on this edition of the Proclaim and Defend podcast. This has been the Proclaim and Defend podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and give us a good review. If you want to learn more about the FBFI, check out our website at fbfi.org or our blog, Proclaim and Defend, at proclaimanddefend.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Proclaim and Defend podcast. Thank you.